welcome to Cutting the Apron Strings. This is Savannah Eklund, and I'm here with my mom, Mary Beth Eklund. And what will we be talking about today? Well, we are going to be talking about our new podcast that we have, um, which is Cutting the Apron Strings, which actually implies a little bit more than just letting children go and be adults and, you know, seeing them off into their future. Uh, Our podcast is really cutting the apron strings on a lot of things. Letting go, being women, empowering women. Letting go of old ideals. Yes, letting go of old ideals. That would probably be the best way to describe this podcast. Um, And so we thought we would love to just share uh, our first podcast with everyone. We'll be discussing uh, one of my favorite authors, I think she was way ahead of her time. Absolutely. And her name is Kate Choppin. Um, She wrote a short story that I absolutely, for whatever reason, uh, could identify with at a time in my life. Um, So, welcome to our podcast. Welcome. Yeah, and our first episode, we're happy that everyone is here. Um, We hope that you join us on a weekly basis to discuss empowering women and women's you know issues women's and issues topics about right past ideals and new ideals and, and all that stuff everything in between yeah everything that us women have to deal with yes, absolutely <laughs> yep so let's just dive right in savannah you ready all right do you want to say a little bit about yourself before we begin sure so i am savannah's mom mm-hmm. and since we have been home uh during the covid pandemic we have talked uh, more than we ever have probably we have uh, been able to have some really really great discussions um, so we thought it would be well worth sharing some of our discussions with all of you maybe to get mothers and daughters mothers and sons absolutely oh yes know. this is by the way this is not just a um a podcast for women it's also highly important that men are also included in these conversations because then you can allow not just women but men to understand maybe certain struggles that their history class has never taught them about or opinions from just two women here who are living in this day and age that can give them some insight too right one from uh one generation and and from the you, next generation you from the next generation so it's for so. everybody yeah it's for everybody so i'm 51 i am about to be 20 years old in august you are uh, i'm a healthcare worker you are a college student um and so there are 30 years between us there is um, which actually is wonderful because we get to see two different viewpoints in the world. Like I said, I come from one generation, you come from the next. And it's uh, really interesting, my viewpoints and yours. We, yes. We've learned an awful lot about each other so far during this, this COVID uh, lockdown yeah. pandemic craziness in the yeah. world. So, uh, like I said, we're going to be discussing Kate Choppin tonight and her short story, which is called The Story of an Hour. Um, it's a beautifully written story. Uh, it was written, what was the year it was written in, Savannah? 1894. Wow, 1894. It was published in Vogue in 1894. So that was right... Um, that was years after the Civil War ended and right at the tipping point of the 20th century where we go into women's suffrage in the 1920s. So women were, it was on their radar. It was. They, they'd had enough. They were ready to have a little bit more of a slice of the cake. I believe so. Or pie, whichever you prefer. <laughs> or um, all of it. <laughs> or all of it. Now we really want all of it. But but <laughs> let, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, so she was a woman who wrote about 
it seemed like uh, women's issues of the day. Yeah. Um, and I think if we all kind of put ourselves back in that mindset, if it's probably hard for some, but in the late 1800s, women were suppressed. Highly. They were told what to do. When to do it. When to do it. Uh, they had no choice about anything. Yeah. Um, maybe the only choices that they really had were what they were going to prepare for supper and breakfast and lunch. And how to raise and discipline their children. Right. They were the life. managers of the household they usually. Um, and so that's where their power was right. uh, for a very long time. Um and then as we move forward into the early 1900s, like you said, we're starting the beginnings of women questioning, well, why can't I vote? Why right. can't I do these things? So uh, this story is very powerful because it gives you just a little insight into one woman and her name, Savannah, what is her name in the story? Her name is Mrs. Mallard. So Mrs. Mallard is, I would probably say... Um, in her 20s. In her 20s, right. In no, her 20s. no children. In her 20s. In her 20s, no children. So at this point, if she's in her 20s during the late 1800s, she's probably been married a, a, a great while now. Right. Uh, long enough to know the ins and outs of marriage and, and things. So she's in her 20s, and she has... Supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> and so she, we think. So we think. And she has been given some news. Uh, so to set the story, Ms. Mallard has a heart condition. Um, and so she's been given some news. Uh, a, a gentleman from the Telegraph, was it? Yeah. Came over to tell her, along with her sister. Along with her sister, Jacqueline, I think right. I believe was her name. Um, or Josephine. Came, Josephine. My bad, Josephine. Mm-hmm. Came over to tell Mrs. Mallard that her husband, who worked on the railroads, had been killed. Right. They wanted to come over and tell her together because of the heart condition. So they told her she took a moment and wanted to go up to her room and sit in her chair and peer out the window and and sit there and mourn the loss of her husband. But then as she seems to look up and the mourning that she's going through and the tears that she's crying, there becomes this great, Big awakening. awakening. This epiphany. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a, an epiphany, absolutely. Yeah. Because she realizes, and I, I would think, I would. this is where I would guess to think she's in her mid to late 20s. It would be harder for a lady during that period of time to marry a gentleman because they usually married very early. Right. Um, maybe 16, 17. Maybe even a little earlier Mine than that. My laws back then were different for right. marriage too. So. Right, so she would be considered an old, uh, an an older person, really, if you were going to remarry. Yeah. So the epiphany and the awakening start with a line that you really like. You want to quote that? Yes, this line and the story. She says, "Free body and soul, free." She kept whispering, and I feel like that really is the before the there's description before that line is said, but. It gives a, a really good highlight of this woman is clearly not happy and she feels definitely free that her husband of all people has died. And in this day and age, if you were in a loving, committed relationship, um, such as if dad were to pass away, my dad, um, my mom would be distraught. distraught I would be lost. As, I would be completely as, lost. As all of this would be. Well, because we see each other as equal. We see each other as equal. And we're that's the huge difference mm-hmm. between this the story and the date right. that it was it was created and 
our society today. Right. So that line really spoke to me, and, and there's much detail. It's highly... It's such a detailed piece of work, and it's not even a long story. It's not a long story, but it gives but such a powerful... Long. Absolutely. It just hit me like a ton of bricks when I read it. Right. Because when I read it, not that I, I, I love your father immensely, you oh, know I that, know. but we were, going, <laughs> we were going through the throes, I will call it, of raising two children that were 16 months apart. As I feel like a lot of marriages do. I wanted to pull my hair out certain days. Right. I wanted to run away and never come back home certain days. And I say this with great love towards you and your brother. <laughs> but my husband and I have been married now going on for 22 years this year. We're Woo-hoo. in a committed relationship. Neither one of us are going anywhere. Um, but there were periods of time, you know, especially with little kids running around where you were just like, I just want to breathe. I just want to be free yeah. for a moment. And you couldn't. No matter what you did, you had to go home. You had to tend to those children. You had to make sure people were fed and clothed and bathed and, you know, all the things you have to do as parents. So that that line, that was the line that actually hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Because it's almost like it's that Kate is building up this momentum in her story. And you, you, you almost start to see. In fact, you're almost there with the woman as she's sitting there and she's grieving. Yeah. But all of a sudden... It's as if she understands, wait a minute, I don't have to be told what to do anymore. I can live my life the way I want. I don't have to answer to anybody anymore. Yeah. She can do as she pleases. And, And of course, she would have probably had male suitors to come over to try to woo her, to try to remarry her. But she would not have to uh, oblige them. She well, her would, parents might have stepped in and said, hey, you need to get married again because that's what most likely happened back then. Right. Um, uh, but she also, at that point, though, as a widow, had a choice. Right. Now, let's she also, yeah, let's also remember, uh, if you were a widow back at that point in time, you had to mourn for at least a year. Right. And wear black and, you know. Do uh, certain customs. Do, that yeah, the customs, right. Nowadays, you would wear the perhaps. black dresses, the black hats, the yeah. black gloves. You would stay in mourning. The appearance-wise. Right, the, yeah. the, the appearance, and you would be in that mourning period for probably a year the socialization or so. was a lot different back then. Right, so, so, so you're off the hook at least for a year. Yeah. You know, um, and then you probably, you know, so you're a year older as well. You would have the choice of, uh, no, that's okay. I, I still love my husband. You could always hide behind that. Right. You know, and so you could be your own woman. Given that you could ration with the set of parents that you were given back then. Right. Sometimes you were kind of forced to be like, well, you still need somebody to take care of you. But right. I, that is correct what you're saying. I, I do see that in a lot of period pieces that we read that are sure. true stories and things like that. But Kate went out of her way to yeah. leave any of that out. So Absolutely. she 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 was focusing totally on this one woman and the fact that she has a an awakening, a realization that she can actually be a free, independent woman. Absolutely. Um, a free thinker. She can truly live for herself, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the story does take a quick turn. She gathers herself together as a lady would, and she, because her sister's, you know, banging outside of her door, are you okay, are you okay? Yeah. And uh, so what she did then was she gathered herself up, and you know came outside to see her sister and walked down the stairs and as she was walking down the stairs and here's the spoiler alert so if you don't want to know what happens you better stop the podcast now but you can kind of go and read <laughs> yeah well, no i don't i don't think you can go and read the story and then you can finish our podcast so so as mrs mallard is walking down the stairs the door opens and who should it be but her husband mm-hmm. 
in the shock of seeing him standing there. And I think that's another realization. Everything she just realized that she thought to be true, that she was free, 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 was totally snatched away from her in, in a just a moment's notice. And it shocked her so severely that, remember, she had a heart condition. Yeah, heart condition. And she is the one who died instead. Yeah. So really, if you think about it, Kate put a really good twist on it because Mrs. Mallard still was free. Either way you cut it. She was free at that. Yeah. She was free whether the husband passed away or whether she passed away. One of them was not going to make it in that marriage that particular day. And she was still going to be free no matter how you cut it. I don't think she was expecting for that to be the way. No. Um, You get the news like that, you think you believe it. Right. Obviously, Obviously, especially back then. And I I think in the story, uh, it goes on to say that the telegraph person checked to make sure it was true the story oh. um it, i believe it says so in there but any before he delivered the news to her yeah. um because of the heart condition he they knew that she had yeah um so it's really a, tw- a turn of events it is but the pinnacle is just the whole part of her realizing she's going to be free yeah. And then it just totally being snatched away. It's one of those stories that makes your heart sink when you read it. If you are a reader and you're an avid reader or writer or maybe just somebody who's highly passionate and mm-hmm. sees these kind of stories and says, oh my gosh, you just your heart almost sinks in a way, I believe. I know for me, I, I love to write my minor's journalism and I tell people that because I, I love what I do. So it's I when I read certain stories and, and writings of these kind of plot twists even especially for this time period back then my heart drops because I'm like what and it's it's such a uh it's it's very you don't have to say a lot for it to mean such a great deal the story is very short it's extremely short it's pinpointed she does a very fantastic job of getting you into this woman's world so quickly right I think that's what grabbed me is I and I don't know I discovered this book uh, when you you and your brother were young yeah. so I don't or this short story I don't remember exactly how I came across it it may have been when I was still taking some college courses I'm not sure but at any rate I thought and felt that she did such a fantastic job I was already in this woman's world did well, you feel like maybe you kind of knew her did you feel like that? I did she made me feel as though I knew Mrs. Mallard and the thing it's so interesting how she she chose not to give Mrs. Mallard I don't believe a first name. It was just Mrs. Yeah. Mallard, right? That's a very good point that yeah. you just made. Yeah. So, yeah. So you didn't you couldn't even identify with a person with a first name. You could only identify with a woman, the name of a woman who is married to a man. Yeah. So that's another telltale sign of of the era of the time yeah. you didn't go by your first name or just the story in general that you, she felt so tied to right. this person she was, in general she was so up under him yeah. she was so owned in a way yes. by him yes and controlled by him as most women were i mean and that's many, just many that people was just women were obviously in well, that time period that was just the yeah. time period that yeah. was the normal for that time period but immediately you felt like you knew miss mallard you were on her side. Yeah. You kind of were rooting for the husband to knock up. I you, know. You kind of wanted to see where she was going to take. Not be hateful, but right. yeah, yeah. Because in that moment, when she's in her room in the chair, you're thinking, well, where's she, where's she going to take her yeah. life? 
Where yeah. is she gonna? Wh- what's she gonna do? I'm excited to know what she. She's free, so what is she gonna do? Uh, it really just makes me wonder. You know, where is she going? What's she gonna do? Like I said, yeah. um, but then all of a sudden, as quick as you're already making plans in your own head with this woman. The carpet gets pulled out from underneath you. The husband walks in, and the next moment, she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> she really is free. Yeah. Freer than she ever thought she'd be. Uh, but it just really is such a great story that I really think it would, you know, it. I don't want to say required reading, Savannah, but I think it would just be a great story if, if every woman read this. I think it's a classic that everybody... I mean, in particular, yes, women. But like I said, I, I feel like this is highly important for not just women, but also um, men, because they should be helping with our changes too in our in our lives. I mean, women, we have to stand up for ourselves. And we have to make the new rules, and we have to make these new ideals that have shaped over hundreds of years. And we should also let I think everybody read this because it's it pinpoints such a highlighted piece in our history that I feel like everybody should know. But yeah, in particular, yes, women, I think I would, I definitely want my friends, my female friends to read this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and that kind absolutely. of thing, so. Um, it just, it blew my mind, though, that, that she lived so long ago and had the courage yeah. to really write something so profound that applies kind of through the ages in a way. Because even at this point in our, our history, you know, as free as us women are to make our own decisions. In America. In America. And, you know, um, to become lawyers and doctors and astronauts and, you know. Whatever we choose Whatever we to choose to do. Right. We still live in a man's world. We do. Um, and if you think about when the time period she wrote this, it was truly a man's world. Absolutely. Um, and she just, you know, I, it blew my mind. I just kept thinking, how did she not get in trouble right. for writing, uh, you know, this short story? And who was the publisher Vogue. That, that took a chance? Yeah, Vogue. Vogue. Which, which geared towards women. Which was geared towards but in women. Back in the day, like, I think that maybe that's what you're getting at. I think women... Back in the day, that's what they needed to read. Yes. I feel like that's what they needed to read because... Can you imagine... If had a man read it, can, they would have been like, oh, throw it in the trash, can burn you, it. Right, right. So it had to be in a women's magazine. It did. And can you imagine, though, being a man and reading this? Yeah. Oh, my. Could you imagine being married and secretly hiding your copy of Vogue? Maybe underneath the mattress. Yeah. Or maybe your husband doesn't look because he doesn't clean up his shit. Right. <laughs> I mean, I so mean, because the woman be was blunt, in charge yeah. of the house, so right. I mean, she could basically hide probably hide anything she, anywhere. You he know. wouldn't know where the cleverest cracks and creeks were in yeah. the damn house, anyway. Yeah, so I mean, you had to hide your Vogue. You could sneak your peek at your your article that you were reading, and then you come across this wonderful short story that made you feel like you were a part of this woman's life, that you knew exactly how she felt, that you yeah. were just miserable. Living day in and day out with this man telling you what to do and how much money you had um, to buy certain goods with and what items with. What you had with. to do with your body back then if you if you were made to have children because you had to have right. it, you know. 
Um, and I guess that's why these don't, why she didn't have children because she had that heart condition. Now that's kind of making sense to me. Perhaps. But she, but she was just, you know, I think if I could meet uh, any person in history, she would be in my top five because I just would want to pick her brain and go, man, you were just, you know, such an amazing person and you wrote about these things that, you know, um, truly helped change the course of women's history. Right. Uh, you know, because imagine again, you are, let's say, the mother of a little girl back in that day, uh, and you had this article and you read it. This then prompted you to do everything maybe you could in your power to help your daughter not to become the woman that you were, or which, the, the woman that you were made to be. Right, and and so this kind of helped propel your daughter right into the new century and then from there hopefully she took that and she helped to propel her daughter to fight for, for yeah to, to fight for the women's suffrage to think that a, a little girl and her mom when her, the dad wasn't home perhaps and they were just hanging out during the day and mom was taking care of the child or whatever both maybe even a boy and a girl whoever but mainly a little girl you tell her the story then 20 years go by, 30 years go by, she's in the women's suffrage movement. Right. And so she might be remembering that story. You, you never know the littlest things that you might read to your kids or your, your women and, and yeah. just the things that impact young women, I believe. Right. And, and so you, you, you feasibly could have two, maybe three generations of women at, at this point that have read this story that are then making great influences and not just from this story, obviously. There were other... There are many that we many, will be talking about. Right. And, and, um, but but yes. this particular story, imagine being a part of that, that generational, you know, grandmother, mother, daughter right. that were was in the women's... You know, in other words, it, it, it started then to get it ready for what happened when women's suffrage came along. So, so in other words, what I'm trying... I guess what I'm trying to say is... The thought process was already on the scene. Oh, yes. It had been on for a very long you time, know. I believe. Yeah. It was just now Vogue said, yeah, let's publish this shit. Well, let's it's... get it there. It was such a, a, a great, great read. And I'm it really was. glad that we got to read it together as mother and daughter and discuss it. And I guess this concludes really our first uh, episode. I think of it does. Cutting the Apron String. So we're, we're grateful that you've uh, joined us tonight. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast. Uh Feel free to send us an email at... Our email is cuttingtheapronstrings20 at gmail.com. And you can email us with any questions, comments, concerns, or any topics that you'd like us to talk to talk about during our podcast. And uh, feel free to email us, yeah, uh, you know, a book if you'd like us to read a book. Or a story such as the one that we read today, or a poem even. I love poetry. We poetry, love poetry. yeah. Um, or a quote even. Or just somebody that you said, hey... I know this person. I don't know much about her. How about you guys talk about it? We'd be more than happy to. We would. So enjoy your evening. This is Mary Beth and Savannah Eklund. All right. Signing off. Thank you. Bye-bye.